The Financial Accountability Office, they're the new watchdog for the Ontario legislature, they released a report today and uh, they are basically talking about how much that cancelled cap and trade is going to cost us. Uh, The Taxpayers Federation has said uh, they released a um, press release and they say that they're pleased with the news from the Ontario Financial Accountability Office that the Ford government's plan to cancel cap and trade will result in tax savings of three billion over the next four fiscal years. Uh, Toronto Sun's reporting axing cap and trade creates a $3 billion hole in the Ford budget. So which is it? We're going right to the source. Peter Weltman, he's Ontario's financial accountability officer. Welcome to the show. Uh, Peter, before we get into, you know, the, the results and your findings, what exactly, because I knew this, I know this is a relatively new office. What's your job? My job is uh, to provide analysis on the economic and financial situation of the province to the legislature of Ontario. All right. Um, so let's talk about, that sounds simple enough. I think we can all wrap our heads around that. And I think okay. we, we like the idea that, you know, there's somebody looking out for us. You released a report that looks into the Ford government axing cap and trade. What did you learn? Well, it's, we learned that uh, when you cut off a uh, carbon auction, the revenue dries up, which is, you know, makes sense. Uh, and if you continue spending on some programs that were dependent on that uh, on the money coming in for those for those auctions, that you're going to uh, basically add to your deficit. Okay, so I'm just trying to clarify what the uh, Taxpayers Federation are, are celebrating here. They say that it result in a tax saving of a tax savings of three billion dollars over the next four fiscal years. Do they have that right? <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Everybody seems to like this report because everybody's able to take a little bit out of it that they like. Uh, so the way this works is that when you buy, when a company is buying carbon allowances, they're passing those extra costs on to consumers. So consumers are effectively paying for the extra carbon that they're being that is being put into their products. So certainly consumers are paying for that that levy. Um, and then the money was going to be spent on programs that were to reduce uh, programs that would reduce greenhouse gas emissions. So once you take that levy off, of course, people are no longer going to have to pay that, that that premium, if you will. So you know, potentially, gas prices have gone down a little bit because that the carbon the tax the carbon uh, levy is not included in, in the price of gas anymore. Uh, on the other hand, though. The money is still being spent, <clears throat> so that $3 billion is still going out the door. Mm-hmm. The, go- the, the government doesn't have a surplus, so they have to borrow to pay for that $3 billion. So all taxpayers are going to be responsible for paying back that $3 billion at some point in the future. Okay, so let's, uh, let's start off with the savings. It's going to save the average household uh, how much in the short term? In the short term, we estimated it would be $264. I'm just pulling that number up uh, per this year and uh, rising to uh, $648. Uh, sorry, rising to $312 in 2022. And Trudeau has threatened to introduce, you know, the Fed's own program with regards to carbon pricing. So how much do you predict that would cost the average household? So we looked at that as well, and I'm proud to say I think this is the first time somebody's actually put the two together in Ontario, and I'm happy for my team to be able to do that. Uh, so we have a number here, additional costs on the car, under the federal plan of $258 this year would rise to $648 in, by 2022. Hmm. All right. And then we break down the fact that once you cancel something, 
you still have to, you know, uh, deal with the commitments. It doesn't mean you're free of the commitments. So um, how much will the Ford government have to pay out to, you know, meet with those commitments, do you uh, anticipate? Well, we looked at that, too, and we looked at, we called that a wind-down cost. So there are certain programs where people, for example, if they're replacing their windows and they had entered into uh, into agreements with their builders, so the government has, has said, we'll, you know, we'll keep you whole until you finish doing your windows mm-hmm. or whatever the case was. So we looked at that. That came out to about $600 million. And uh, so we assumed some of these programs have run into the first quarter of, uh, of 2019. Um, so there's your, there's your answer. There's going to be, according to the legislation that's pending or the bill that's pending, Bill 4, uh, we think there's going to be about $5 million in compensation that the government will have to pay to holders of these uh, permits, and these permits are, are effectively now worthless. And I understand that the uh, Federal Accountability Office won't even attempt to put a number at the uh, possible number of lawsuits flowing out of this, stemming from the cancellation. Is that, I'm guessing, judging by your laughter, I'm guessing we're right on that. Well, you know, I'm doing the job. My crystal ball is still a little bit cloudy on that one. So we're not going to, uh, no, we're not going to do that because that's pure speculation. What we try to do here is to work with data that is, that is good, that is uh, good quality. We put a bound around it. So we, we try to produce something that we know is, is authoritative, is legitimate, and we can't go beyond that. So we're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into how much businesses have invested and then, you know, they may sue the government for, to recoup those. We're not going to get into, when we say in the report, you know, the economic impacts, the broader economic impacts of canceling or not canceling. Mm-hmm. You know, is this a good idea or a bad idea? We don't do that sort of thing either. No, you're there just to, you know, uh, crunch the numbers and, and let us know what we're looking at. We're referees. We call yeah. them as we see them. We put our numbers on the table. We put our assumptions on the table, and then we—that's it. So then we hope that that enhances the debate in the legislature and elsewhere, <clears throat> so that people can flush out the issues and they have a good starting point. Yeah, I think it's interesting to note, um, and I think the Toronto Sun was talking about this, that the government's cap and trade bill appears to protect it from liability in Ontario, but we're looking at claims that could be initiated from outside uh, the jurisdiction. It could be an international trade deal dispute. Sure, absolutely, there could be those. And the other thing to keep in mind, and I think others have mentioned that, is when you legislate yourself out of a contractual obligation, uh, you know, folks kind of pay attention to that sort of thing. So it's not something you necessarily want to make a regular habit of. I mean, other countries have done that. It doesn't give investors a lot of confidence. That being said, that there's a legislature, you know, they're elected by everybody and they know what they're doing. So Well, the Ford is government, in fairness to them, have told us and the world that we're open for business here. Yeah, that's right. What is the uh, major takeaway from the report? The major takeaway is that two things, is that canceling this program will add to the province's deficit over the next four years by a total of $3 billion. And I think the second major takeaway is what we're learning is that um, it's interesting to see the comparison between, you know, hypothetically, if we had maintained cap-and-trade here versus what the, carbon, the federal carbon backstop would be costing uh, Ontario households.